Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, everybody. There I am. (laughs) Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to my little slice of the Dominican Republic. (laughs) Um, And to the show. So, yeah, I just came flying into my house about an hour ago and um, and hopped on to get this. I'm making efforts to have a steady time. We'll see. All right. And it looks like I should be getting comments from my personal page, which means Ben is in the back making sure that's happening thank you ben my guardian angel in the background hello sarah sarah is man she never misses a show i gotta give you some kudos for that oh and lisa just found me on youtube absolutely i'm on youtube yeah so (laughs) yeah and my youtube channel I mean, I've been doing videos for, I don't know, three years now, three and a half, maybe longer. So um, everything, there's tons of videos on there, all kinds of stuff on my YouTube channel. And guess what it's called? Glenn Ambrose. Very difficult to find. (laughs) But I mean, of course, if you don't know about it, I'm not talking about you, Lisa. (laughs) Oh, and we got another person. Lisa's from my hometown, and we got Missy. Uh, she's back watching. She uh, She's watched before. She's uh, from the town over, but we kind of grew up together, so that's cool. <laughs> Sarah, well, no, you, it's not that you never miss a show, but, boy, you are you're probably the most consistent one. So this is going to be a good one, people. This is um, just because it's such uh, it, it's such a uh, it's it's such a huge part of our society. I would almost venture to say that this is possibly the cornerstone, if not one of the cornerstones of the dysfunction that is rampant in society and has been for thousands of years. It's the victim mentality. And the reason it's so large is because it's because it's insidious. It's because it's so embedded in our consciousness and in our society and the way we talk. And it, it's so many way in so many ways that we're not even conscious when we're doing it. That's how embedded the victim mentality is in our society. It's just completely rampant. And we've gotten to the point, uh, thank the powers that be, that basically if you say victim mentality or you tell somebody they're in the victim mentality or something like that, um, people get fairly defensive because it's a term that we've picked up on. Um, 
you know, th through this is how the spiritual teachings start integrating and seeping into everyday life. And even in people's lives that aren't necessarily spiritual, well, everybody's spiritual, people who aren't practicing spirituality or think they're spiritual. Like most people now, if you say that you're acting like a victim or you're in victim mentality, they'll get defensive. No, I'm not. Or, or, you know, or sometimes they might be like, oh, crap. Yeah, I am. You know, but most people understand. Well, they know the term victim mentality. I don't know if we all understand it. And that's what I'm going to start talking about today is understanding it on a deeper level so we can shift it. Um, you know, of, of course, the solution is is the biggest deal. So that's where we want to focus. But we you know, it's important to understand the the difference the different aspects of the problem so then we can implement the solution you know uh, and lisa said she's been telling friends and associates about my show sweet yeah tell people man i mean and it's like i mean i'm i'm doing fine with <laughs> you know with my business that's not the point tell people because everybody needs this and, uh, you know, the way I see the way that I teach is it's down to earth. It's it's practical. You can actually take these little things. You don't have to have a specific religious belief or spiritual belief to benefit your life from this. You know, I'm teaching in a way that you can just take these teachings and boop, pop it right into your life. Doesn't matter what you believe in or what you don't believe in, um, you know, so for all you spiritual people, for for all the regular people, it hey, it just works, so use it. Don't worry about it. For all the spiritual people, the reason it works is because it's based in spiritual law. It's just dynamics. It's dynamics of spiritual law, which I've been able to understand. So this gives me the ability to teach this stuff. So the victim mentality, to dive into it, is it's... I was speaking with somebody and what I saw was that it's we're reinforcing it and it's showing itself in ways like whenever we say we have to, that type of mentality locks us into a belief system of, of victimization just by saying have to. And I mean, I've talked about this before, um, saying I get to instead of I have to. Um, but it wasn't coming from the victim mentality so much. It was just talking, hey, that's a cute little tool to help um, change your perspective on life. Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, I get to go to work. You know, that's a nice little thing that you can do. But we're going to dive into it much deeper. We do it in, in all areas of our lives. Oh, I have to work. I can't believe I have to work. I have to go get my hair done. I can't believe that I have to pay $1.75 a pound for broccoli and half of it is stems. Oh, I have to take my kids to soccer practice. Oh, I have to, well, we have to eat. We have to eat. Like, do you see how it's embedded in our, in our, just the way we speak constantly and everybody speaks that way about absolutely everything. And what we're, 
what we don't get is that that is creating victim mentality. You don't have to do anything. You know, I don't have to do anything, anything at all. Like I can curl up in a corner and drool on myself for two weeks until I die. If I so choose, I can do that. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to eat. I don't have to drink. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to buy a car. I, I don't have to go grocery shopping. I don't have to take care of my dog. I don't have to do anything. Nobody's got a gun to our heads making us do these things. We don't have to do them. The fact is, is we are choosing to do them. And this is what's important. Like we have to really understand this concept. Don't skip, don't allow your brain to skip over it and say, Glenn's just talking semantics. He's just, he's just, it's just semantics. And no, slow down and think about this. You don't have to go to work. You're choosing to go to work. And this is probably the number one cause of of um, workplace suffering because all suffering is resistance to what is. Whenever we say we have to do something, that implies resistance. It's, well, I have to. That implies that you wouldn't do that if you had a choice, but you have to. So this, this is why it's so insidious. So understand what you're saying and, and the energy behind what you're saying when you're saying it. You're in reinforcing that you're a victim whenever you say you have to do something. And you don't have to do it. You do not have to go to work. You are choosing to go to work. You're choosing to go to work because they pay you. And at some point you decided that having money was worth going to work. Being able to put food on the table and have a roof over your head and take care of your children or your pets or both. It was worth going to work. So you chose to go to work and you choose that every day you go to work. You don't have to. You decided it was worth it. You made a conscious decision that said, okay, this is my life without work or this is my life with work. Which do I choose? I choose life with work. Now, does that mean you're going to go in there and you enjoy your job? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm not talking about running in there and clicking your heels and going, oh, my God, I love my job. That's two separate conversations, completely separate. And the problem is, is we combine them. Well, I don't like my job. Like We say we don't like my job like that's important. It's not important. It's not important if you like your job. I mean, the day you're going, it's not important whether you like your job. If you don't like your job, go find another one or go get some education towards another one. Do what you can to get yourself out of the situation. But that's a completely separate issue. It's separate and we cannot combine issues. This is why we get overwhelmed is because we combine a bunch of crap and pretend it's all the same thing and then we can't do anything because it's not in our control and it's not fair. And which I just, do you see how I just went right into victim mentality? It's not fair. I, I have no control over it. 
Yeah, you do have control. We have way more control over our lives than we realize. And this is the, so, so, wow, I didn't know it was, we're going to connect it like this or this quickly. I didn't know we're going to make this connection at all, but, (laughs) but the, but it makes sense. It's the victim mentality. The other side to that coin, because we live in a world of yin and yang. So there's two sides to every coin. So we believe that we want to stay in victim consciousness. Why? Because it lets us off the hook and it's not our fault. And therefore we can't be blamed for it and we can just stay stuck. And that's the fact it's, that's what we do. (laughs) You know, that's just what we do. I know it doesn't sound real nice to hear, but that's what we do. We keep ourselves stuck by playing the victim. So, because it's easier or, well, we think it's easier. Our ego thinks it's easier. It's not easier. It's harder because then we stay stuck in a position of life that we don't like for 40, 50, 60 years, which isn't easier. It'd be easier just to not be the victim, claim responsibility for your life, which is empowerment, and then go do what you want with your life. That that would be much easier and much more enjoyable. But this is what I'm trying to get us to. So victim mentality, the other side of that coin is empowerment. This is like if if anybody take any spiritual teacher that's just not full of complete crap, which I think most of them probably say some pretty decent stuff. Take any spiritual teacher. And if you look into their teachings, they are teaching empowerment. I mean, it's, it's just, it is like it is once you, once you get out of the victim mentality, where you land is an empowerment, empowerment over your own life. So that, that's where we end up. That's where we're going, but we have to go into our daily lives and start understanding that we are reinforcing the victim mentality and everything. You do not have to buy the broccoli. You don't have to buy it. You, you and your family will live without the broccoli. Yeah, but I swear to God, I have people, I have conversations with people sometimes, and thank God it's not my clients. Um, but I have conversations with people that are so wrapped up in their heads, they won't slow down enough to go, yeah, but I really do have to get the broccoli. I mean, I have to make dinner. So make dinner without the broccoli. Well, yeah, but they like broccoli, so I kind of have to get it. No, no, you don't have to get it. They'll be fine without the broccoli. Make them something else. Yeah, but they really look forward to it. Oh, my God, take responsibility for your life. (laughs) I mean, stop. Like, if you want to stay in that surface-level rationalization bullshit, then don't have turn the video off now and do not listen to another word that I have to say and go be a victim for the rest of your life because that's just a load of crap. Um, So you don't have to buy the broccoli. You don't have to take your kid to soccer practice. You're choosing to because soccer practice brings joy to your kid or the games do or 
whatever. You're choosing to because the payoff is better than if you didn't do it. So we have to understand this is this is where it this is why the entire world is locked. Well, of course, not the entire world. We're getting better and better. But a lot of the world is locked into victim consciousness because everything we do, we say we have to. And and people like people bond over negativity. Because many years ago, we were taught that um, you shouldn't think you were better than everybody else. What that turned into was a distorted version of that. What that it's turned into, we can't talk about anything positive because it'll make other people feel uncomfortable uncomfortable um it's turned into well uh, if i say something good then i'm bragging it's none of that is true none of that is true self-love is fine when somebody asks you how you are you don't have to say hanging in there uh, okay busy you don't have to say those things. Like if you're in a good mood, you don't have to pull it back. You can be, I'm doing great. I'm great. I say it all the time, all kinds of stuff like that. And people love it. Most people love it. The people that don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not concerned with. And it's so quick. They don't, you know, I mean, what are they going to do? Chew me out for it? Like whatever. Um, you know, that's never happened. But most people enjoy a positive response because they're not used to it. It catches their attention. People look at me like I'm kidding. How are you? Wonderful. Oh, oh, you're serious. <laughs> you're wonderful. That's how rare people say it because we're scared of intimidating somebody else by our joy or something, which is silly. So we can be okay. We can be responsible for our own lives. We don't have to bond over negativity. I mean, it's going to happen. I was, you know, I've had jobs in the in the workforce before I started this, after I woke up spiritually and before I started my business. And so I was around, quote unquote, normal people, non-spiritual people, or people who thought they weren't spiritual. And they'd come in and they'd be like, oh my God, Glenn, this jerk cut me off in traffic. And I was, uh, and I'd just be looking at him going like, they must be in an unconscious moment right now. And I just give them a little bit of space and they look at me and they're like, oh, wait, you don't really talk about the complaining and you don't get into the drama type stuff, right? Sorry. Hey, Bob, so this guy cut me off in traffic and they'll just skip over to get their ego food from somebody else. They don't, <laughs> like they didn't hold it against me. And I was like, cool, that's good. I just missed out on a, drama story of how much of a victim they were over somebody else cutting them off that they're fine and their car is fine, but they need to tell the story 14 times to reinforce the fact that they're a victim of it. Therefore feel better about themselves because that's what we do when we're complaining, when we're talking about our victimization, we're giving ourselves an ego stroke. Whenever we complain, we're saying, basically, no matter what the situation is, we're saying, if, if it were up to me, I wouldn't do it that way. 
I wouldn't have cut somebody off in traffic. I wouldn't have done whatever. I wouldn't have said that. Well, then, therefore, you're better than whatever you're complaining about. So th this is how the victim mentality, it, it's another way that the victim mentality is embedded. I mean, if you listen to water cooler conversations, most of them are negative. Like, you know, even, even the weather, like even something as trivial as the weather with the conversations, people will be like, like if it's a sunny day, people will be like, a couple people will be like, oh, it's a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful day out. And that conversation just ends. Like it's, it just ends very, <laughs> very quickly. But if the weather is what people label as bad, oh, that we can talk about that all day. Oh my God, it's, oh, it's, it's raining. Oh, it's so depressing today. Oh, I know. You feel that too? Like we, we bond over negativity because it's safe. We don't want to risk bonding over positivity because somebody might think we think we're hot shit. So we've gone, this is why consciousness is so important because all this stuff I'm discussing is unconscious. We don't even know we're doing it. It just creeps into conversations all over the place. And it's how we interact with each other on a daily basis, a minute by minute basis. We deal with each other and we speak in a way that reinforces victimization and victimhood. If somebody, it's even how we commiserate with, with other people. If somebody's going through a tough time, for, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So, oh my God, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. This is happening to you. I'm so sorry this is happening to you. I'm so sorry you're a victim of life or this person. I'm so sorry that you're stuck in a reality that you have no control over and you're probably destined for misery for the rest of your life. That's basically the, that's the energy in which we're in which we try to commiserate with people. When people are going through a rough time, our default is to tell them how much of a victim they are, that, that whatever's going on in their life isn't their fault to make them feel better. How does that make people feel better? How does that help them? I mean, it makes them feel better for the moment because they go, oh, yeah, it's not my fault. Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm better than this situation. I'm good. The situation is bad. So therefore, I must be good. And it's not my fault. So I can't do anything about it. Do you see how the victimization is embedded in everything? Absolutely everything. So this is why <laughs> this is why I don't spend tons of time hanging out with unconscious people because I can't be who they want me to be. I can't. I I just can't. I can't sit there and tell people, "Oh my god, you know, my my husband's cheating on me." Oh, you poor thing. Freaking do something about it. Like do it. Like I've, I've had people come up to me and say that they wanted help. And then what they wanted to do was tell me how much of a victim they were. So many, many years ago, when I first started, 
somebody came in and they, they said, told me about their relationship. And very rarely do I say this. I may have never said this since that day, but this relationship was horrid. It was horrid and it wasn't that long and there were no children involved. And like, they're, they're, like it, it wasn't complicated. It was absolutely horrible. Like, um, I, I, I think, I don't remember it specifically, but I think that there may have been slight tinges of physical violence, huge emotion and mental violence, just, just horrible. And I was like, you need to get out of that relationship. I mean, there is nothing good about this. And I very rarely say that because I think most relationships, what you should do is work on yourself you know, unless there's, it's dangerous and there's physical violence and stuff, but most relationships you work on yourself. And then one of two things happen, either the relationship starts shifting for the better, or it doesn't. And then you're strong enough and feeling better about yourself to get out. But this one was just a nightmare. And I was like, you need to get out. So they came back a couple of weeks later and they're like, Oh my God, he did this. He did that. He did this. He did that. I was like, Oh my, like, I can't sit here listening to the, it was, it was torture to sit there listening to her complaining about her relationship because we had already found the problem. The relationship was faulty. So if you want to fix things, get out of the relationship. If you don't, then, you know, why are you discussing it? You're choosing it. You're choosing to stay in. So I, I thought about it long and hard and I had just started my business and I really needed money. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't work like this. Like if I take clients like this and, and, and just let people sit in their victimhood and just listen to them, I, I'm going to hate my job in a year. And like, this is my career. I can't, I have to be authentic. I have to tell people the truth. So the next time she came in, I was like, I can't, I, I can't wait till you hear what he did last week. And I said, I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. She's like, what do you mean? You don't want to hear it? you're my life coach. Said, yeah. It's just more dysfunction. You're in a dysfunctional relationship. Dysfunctional stuff happens in dysfunctional relationships. That's what happens. That's why they're dysfunctional. So as long as you're in a dysfunctional relationship, it's dysfunctional stuff's going to happen. It's just expected. That's what happens there. It's like when you go into a pool, when you jump into water, you get wet. That's what happens because water is wet. So when you jump into it, you, your body gets wet. There's no more surprise than going, oh my God, let me tell you what he did this week. Yeah, a bunch of dysfunctional stuff, I bet, because he's dysfunctional. Yes, yes, but let me tell you what flavor of dysfunction. Let me tell you when he threw the dish or when he called me a bitch or when he did this or when he did that. I don't care. It's just dysfunction. Change it or don't. <laughs> but don't sit here complaining to me about it. You know, this is the mentality. So, I mean, of course, I'm expressing this in a way to make my point. When you're working with friends, loved ones, or I mean, most people, you, you of course you want to talk nicer to people. I don't, 
when I'm doing shows and, and even when I'm talking to my clients, I want to drive the point home as clearly as possible. This is why I talk like this. Plus, I'm passionate and I get all riled up and that's what comes out. So, but, you know, so take what I was just saying and bring it into a real life situation. You don't have to be, a, you don't have to like start yelling at your best friend because, <laughs> you know, because uh, she's telling you about what her boyfriend does to her all the time. You know, like you can be kind about it and you can offer solutions, you know, and that's one of the best ways to do it is ask people, well, you know, this sounds really horrible, this situation. Do you want to discuss maybe how to change it or get out of it? I'd love to help you with that. If there's anything I can do, I would love to get you out of this situation or or help you brainstorm ideas or, you know, let's let's find a way out. But let's not sit in it. Let's not sit in the victim mentality and complain about it. So you always bringing the conversation, you know, a lot of people probably aren't going to like it at first because everybody's functioning in, everybody is functioning in their life as the main actor and the director of their own play and everybody else is secondary. So, in, and you've been assigned a role in their life. So if your friend likes to come to you and commiserate you have to understand you taught them how to treat you like that like they're not coming to you complaining because they're a jerk see that's more victim mentality take responsibility for your own life you allowed them to do this over and over and over that's why they think they can do it and then now you're changing your role in their play whenever they feel bad they want to come to you because you make them feel temporarily better by listening to them complain and telling them it's not their fault. So if you stop doing that, it's going to mess up their play. <laughs> and if you mess up their play, it tends to irritate people at first. They get, they're like, what, what's going on here? Why is this person acting like this? This isn't their role in my play. I don't get it. So, you know, we can ease into this, bringing it into uh, our lives, how we treat other people. Um, but we can do it. We can start having conversations that are more solution oriented. You know, that's one way to get out of the, the victim mentality. But the, you know, it, as you can see spirituality or, or these topics like kind of overlap, there's an overlap, a lot of overlap. I mean, a lot of these things that I've said on today's show, I've said this snippet on that show and this snippet on that show and this snippet with that client and this snippet with that client. So it's all this, it, it constantly overlaps, but that's because everything overlaps because it's technically very simple. Everything is simple and it gets more complicated as it gets out to the surface. So as things pack on top of each other, it just gets more complicated. But to make points, sometimes you can use multiple situations and see how they all point to victim, right? So we just talked about all different ways that victimization uh, plays parts in our lives and, and how it's embedded in our society and what it looks like and all that. And then, and so so we're kind of what we're doing is we're starting with victim mentality and we were working towards the surface 
So we're, we're, that's why it was getting more complicated. There was more parts, it was more surfacy, more different scenarios. So it's getting up there. So now we're going to go right back down to the core of victim again, victimization. You know, now that we can use all that information to understand how it's in our everyday lives on the surface, we get back down to the core and get right to the solution. So at the beginning of the show, I, I mentioned this, it's choice. Start using the word choice. Start whenever you're irritated by something, bring it to choice understand that you are choosing it. If you are choosing to buy something at a store, it's your choice. You'll somehow live without it if you don't buy it. So you're choosing to, why? Because you want it. Don't complain about prices, just don't buy some. I can't believe I gotta pay $2 for broccoli. Then don't buy broccoli. Don't, buy something else. You're not going to die. I mean, half my generation grew up on freaking Twinkies and Hostess cupcakes. And I used to eat sugar and strawberry quick mix watching Saturday morning cartoons for Christ's sakes. You'll live. <laughs> you can find something else to eat. <laughs> so nobody, you, you're not a victim of what you're buying. So stop acting like you're a victim and start understanding that you're choosing. And I guarantee you, if you would just experiment with this for two weeks, one month, the max, I guarantee you, if you do this to, to the best of your ability, your life will change for the better. I guarantee you, your attitude will change for the better. I guarantee you, you you'll be looking at life through new glasses, new eyes. You want to know why? Because it's the, it's where you're going to stop the negativity and you're going to start bringing in the empowerment. You're going to stop the victimization and you're going to start reclaiming responsibility for your life and taking control over it. And just because you're choosing to pay $2 for broccoli and you think that it should be $1, does it, it, choosing something doesn't mean that you like it. It just means that you decided it's worth it. That's all. And it's the same thing with the job, choosing to go to work every day. That doesn't mean you like your job. We don't only choose things we like. We choose many things that are necessary, that we deem necessary to live the life that we are trying to live. So we go, well, the trade-off is worth it. I don't like this job, but they pay me so I can eat. It's worth it. Okay, cool. You know, once you once you stop getting out of the victim mentality and you start going, I'm choosing to do this, I'm choosing to do that, I choose to do this, and, and slow down a minute with each of these things and make sure you understand that you are. Don't just say you're choosing it because you are choosing it. Like, I'm not saying anything that's not true. What I'm saying is 100% true, 100% true. You are choosing things for a reason. And if you bring consciousness, if you start doing this and you start bringing consciousness to things, you might find some things that you're, that you're still choosing out of habit that you wish you weren't choosing because the payoff isn't worth it. Okay, cool. Change that one. Don't choose it anymore. <laughs> this is what bringing consciousness in does. It helps you see things more clearly. So as you 
when you're looking at something, you don't have to BS yourself. I'm not telling you to lie to yourself. You're not lying. Nothing that I said was a lie. This is truth. You are choosing to do something because at this moment in time, the payoff is worth it. That's why you're choosing to do it. Nobody's got a gun to your head. Nobody's making you do anything. So you're choosing it. Con and, and if you bring consciousness to it, then you're consciously choosing it. That's empowering, understanding that, that, that you're choosing everything that's going on in your life. And then, and then you find out those few things that you're like, oh, my God, I don't even know why I'm still true. Like Netflix went up to $15 a month. I barely watch it. It's not worth $15 a month. I'm going to choose to cancel my Netflix membership. Cool. All right. So it was worth $12 a month and it's not worth $15 a month. Fine. If that's your choice, but it's your choice. If you pay $15 a month for Netflix, then you are choosing by your actions. You are choosing that it's worth $15 a month. If you don't think it's worth it, don't pay it. <laughs> cancel your subscription. It's okay. You're not a victim of Netflix. You know? <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. You start choosing everything in your life and you slow your mind down. This is an exercise. You slow your mind down and say, why? You know, if you're not sure, if, if you go, well, no, I'm choosing this. Some things it's going to be obvious. You're like, well, I am choosing to go to work because it pays the bills. You know, that's pretty cut and dry. Um, but Netflix or my relationship or um, getting my car fixed. Um, I don't, I don't think I want to choose to get my car fixed. I don't, like I've been getting it fixed a lot lately and I don't even like that car. I think I'm going to look into getting a new car. Oh, good. Th this is the type of stuff that starts bubbling up when we slow down and we start making conscious choices. And we actually say, I have to prove to myself why I'm doing this. I have to prove to myself why I'm ordering that third pair of sunglasses off Amazon. <laughs> like, is that necessary? Like, is it worth it? I already have two. You know, just bring consciousness into our lives. This is a great way to bring consciousness into our lives. Stop being a victim. Stop saying that you have to do anything because you don't have to do anything in this life. You have the right to do nothing. You are an independent entity. You are a sovereign being that has rights over its own person. So start choosing differently. If you don't like some of the laws, choose to live someplace else. <laughs> like, you know, everywhere you look, there are choices. We are not victims in our lives. We are not victims of things. And we, you know, it feels good to, to yeah, but I don't really have a choice. Oh, look what life did to me. Oh, my God. Can you believe the refrigerator went? Then don't fix it. Don't have a refrigerator. Well, I have to. No, you don't have to. Is your life easier with one? Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe you should consider fixing it. But you don't have to. Nobody's making you. If the payoff is good enough, then you will do it. 
If the payoff isn't good enough, then you won't do it. But it's your choice. Your life is your choice. This is, you know, that <laughs> everything we do in our lives is our choice. And once you start living like that, your self-esteem grows because you don't feel like you're a victim and you start understanding that you actually have more control over your life and your mind expands, you know, it, and you see things differently. All a spiritual awakening is, is a shift of perception. So when the, this exercise, just changing the word I have to into I choose to, just that exercise in every area of your life will expand your mind and it will shift your perspective. It will change the way you look at life. You will be looking at life differently after doing this for a week or two. Or three or four. Whatever. Experiment with it, man. What else do you got to do? Be a victim for another month? <laughs> How's that going to benefit your life? Just play around with it and tell... Contact me directly if you don't have positive impacts. Contact me directly if you do. I would love to hear about it. Um, but if you don't, you're misunderstanding something. And I will clarify it for you for free. So I'm telling you, do this for, for a few weeks and see what happens. And it will shift your perspective and you will see things more clearly. And, and, and your self-esteem will rise, your self-love will rise. How can, you how can we have high self-esteem, high self-love, if we feel like we are a victim of life and everybody in it? We have no control over our lives. How can, how, how can we have any confidence in ourselves to go do anything if we don't feel like we have any control over our own lives? This is what I mean. This is what happens when you start shifting perspectives. You start shifting perspectives and you're like, oh, I, I do have some control over my life. I am choosing things. Wow, I didn't even realize. Oh, and since I'm aware of that, I ain't choosing that no more. Boop, see ya. So now all of a sudden, your life gets better. You feel more empowered. Your confidence rises. Your self-esteem rises because your internal person actually likes the way you're treating it because instead of feeling like it, you're making it do a bunch of crap that you, it doesn't want to do, you're going, no, I'm freely choosing this of my own accord. Oh, well, that's different. You know, your attitude changes. You're not pissed off at work all the time. You, you can still go look for a different job if you choose, but you don't have to be a victim every day. We don't have to punish ourselves every day to motivate ourselves to go do something different. It doesn't work. People bitch about their jobs for 30 years. They don't change it because they're not empowered to go change it. You know, positive reinforcement changes negativity, negative circumstances, negative behavior. And that's staying at a job that you hate is negative behavior. So you don't have to go quit your job. But what you can do is say, I'm choosing this until I find something different. I'm choosing this until I feel so find something different. And then just do that for a week. After a week, two weeks, three weeks or something, when you really start getting into this habit and you're going... I'm choosing to go to work. Why do I keep choosing to go to work to a job that I hate? I'm going to get a new job. And now you feel empowered to go get a new job just because you stopped playing a victim and saying you had to when you didn't have to. You started saying, I choose to, I choose to, I choose to. Oh, that feels good. I choose to, I choose to, I choose to. 
You know, now your self-esteem is going up. You start seeing you have more control over your life. You have more confidence to go shift things externally that you're not particularly fond of. So I think that'll do it. I think that will do it. Let me just uh, touch in with the uh, comments. Uh, Sarah, some people get addicted to the suffering and make it part of their identity because it's what they know and becomes their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Some people like three quarters of society. So, yeah, I mean, it's we just get in that loop. And this is what I'm trying to break us out of. <laughs> You're cracking me up with the explanations of the obvious. Yeah, I hear you. I know. That's I, I get a kick out of it, too. That's why I do it. <laughs> it's just fun. You know, it's just fun, but it's, it's, this is how it it's embedded in our society in every, it's so obvious when you look at it. And this is one of the things I love about spirituality is how obvious it is. It's and how clear it is. It's like, you know, people, people think that spirituality is woo woo, or a lot of people think that spirituality is woo woo. Um, Woo-woo meaning uh, it's kind of out there. doesn't really, it's not really based in anything logical or factual, stuff like that. And what I love about spirituality is, is it, it isn't woo-woo. It's not woo-woo at all. What it is, is reality. The way we interact with it is woo-woo. Thinking you're a victim of life and you have no choice in your own life, that's woo-woo. It's woo-woo because it literally doesn't make any sense when you put it under a microscope and you look at it. When you just apply logic to it, it doesn't make sense. It's uh, just some floaty theory, the idea that society is latched onto. And just because most of it accepts it, we think it's like fact-based or it's reality or, or it makes sense. And it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. What makes sense is the fact that you're cho choosing things. That's what makes sense. Spirituality, the spiritual answer makes sense. It's not woo. It's not out there. It's logical and it makes perfect sense. Whereas what society claims is, is truth is total crap. And it doesn't make any sense when you really look at it. And it doesn't bring you happiness. It brings you unhappiness. So go choose, choose, choose. And I'm just going to touch on, uh, I got to touch on my friend, Tony. Did I start doing my videos earlier? Tony, I have no idea when I'm doing my videos, to be honest with you. Um, so anybody listening, um, you know, you can catch them on Insight Timer the, um, and everywhere podcasts are just about um, in the videos on YouTube, of course. Um, I'm trying to do 5 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. I'm going to try that for a little while, and we're going to see if it works. So I'm trying to find some consistency. Um, I just don't know. This is part of my Dominican life. It's You kind of got to go with the flow. So if you're not catching my lives, um, you know, just bear with me. And I will, um, you know, hopefully I'll lock into a consistent time. Uh, yeah, I, I, and this is still Tony. Yeah, I used to do them later and 
on Thursdays. I used to do them on Thursdays. Now it's I'm going to try doing them on Mondays. So yeah, so it's, you never know. All right, I'm glad you start watching. I love you too, man. I miss you. Tony is a good friend from high school. Um, so all right, guys. Thank you for watching, listening, participating. And if you didn't get this live, um, you know, check it out on the the place that um, podcasts are because I'm out there. And if you don't know about Insight Timer, well, before I say that, and of course the videos on YouTube, if you don't know about Insight Timer, it's a great meditation app and there's tons of teachers from all over the globe on there. And they have a free version and the paid version is actually very worth it too. It's very reasonable. I think it's like 60 bucks for a year or something. But uh, it's a great way to to access a lot of different teachers and um, and you know step up your meditation practice. So check that out too. All right, people, I'm gonna fly. Thank you very much, and I will talk with you soon. Peace. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter, or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.